Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor coming to you live from the studios of Grace FM radio network that's a part of the Calvary Church family here in Aurora, Colorado, and our family is much bigger as we are connected with all of our friends on the Radio by Grace Network. I want to welcome you guys listening on your local Radio by Grace station uh, around the country. I want to welcome everyone listening on Hope FM and your local Hope FM station, of course, your local Truth FM station, as well as Higher Rock Radio. Everyone listening online, we're grateful that you've chosen to join us, whether you're listening on the app uh, you can listen to the Grace FM app. Just download it. Make sure you get the right one. There's a lot of, it's very interesting, uh, people trying to steal our signal to sell you advertisements. We don't do that. Um, so make sure you get the the bonafide official Grace FM app. Uh, you can also download our church app. Just put my name, Ed Taylor, uh, in the search bar of your app store. Ed Taylor, you'll download our church app. You can listen to the radio there as well as you know, connect with us as a church, uh, and we'd love to connect with you. And whatever station you're listening to this on, you can download their local app to get their local programming. It's kind of cool. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, we're taking your calls and your questions, and we're wanting you to connect with us. If you can't call, text us, 720 336 0897 Before we begin, I always like to remind you on one of the shows I host that we need you to support us financially. Um, it's There's nothing wrong with putting that need before you and asking for you to support the station. And so here's how it works. Whatever station you're listening to right now, support local Christian radio. Um, the station you're listening to right now is not a major corporation. It is not like K-Love where they are in the triple-digit millions of dollars. Uh, it's a church station run by a skeleton crew uh, that believes in the systematic teaching of God's Word uh, verse by verse. And so we're not big corporations. We're not... Um, I mean, you've heard it so many other times, but I always like to remind you, and um, although the stations uh, may be paid off or owned free and clear, there are operating costs, staffing costs, equipment costs, internet costs. Uh, you know, it, it, I, I remember when we, I was, uh, we started Grace FM in 2010, and I remember being so excited about it and uh, just anticipating we took on a massive loan uh, back then, uh, Grace FM, just one station, cost $3.1 million. $3.1 million is what it cost us to purchase this station from Way FM, uh, who is here. They're still here in Denver. Uh, they got a new signal. Uh, and and I just, 
you know, we did the math, the leadership of the church did that, but we, I think we underestimated the expenses. <laughs> uh, and so, um, you know, that's the way it goes. Uh, and over the years, you know, it's been almost 12 years now. We're stations doing great. We're grateful. We, but the expenses, cause now we have two stations and, uh, the way it works with us is like, you know, each station isn't like they're, they're nonprofit. It's a church. So at any rate, you don't need all that explanation. Just pray. The Holy Spirit will give you wisdom uh, where to support. After your tithe, uh, you then have that opportunity to be generous with your offerings. And I suggest that you participate in supporting this local station. GraceFM.com, RadioByGrace.com, HopeFM.net, TruthFM.net, I think, and HigherRockRadio.com, I think. Um. So in 2019, um, I think those numbers are low, but EMF had two. I bet you they have sub uh, foundations, but uh, WayFM is $201 million uh, on $125 million expenses. And, and it probably doesn't show, uh, Kevin, as you're sharing that with me, uh, what their... Um, you know what their savings is 303-690-3000 303-690-3000 uh we'll sh- jump to the text uh i have a question about marriage in heaven there won't be any but does that mean you won't be married to the person you're married to now yes that's what it means you will not be married to the person that you're married to now uh, there is no marriage in heaven so the marriage that we enjoy now does not translate into heaven, and I know that's a startling thing to consider, um, but I want you to consider a few things along the way, okay? Uh, as you process this, because it says you had two different arguments. I mean, the Bible's crystal clear: no marriage in heaven. Right? We're going to be like the angels; we're not going to be married. Different relationship. So, but I want you to consider some thoughts along the way. Number one, um, they came to Jesus and talked about the different divorces or different, a woman with different husbands that died, I should say. Um, a woman that has had more than one husband or a m- man that's had more than one wife without sin, right, just maybe widow, widower, will not be married multiple times in heaven. Um, and I'll tell you why I believe the ultimate reason there's no marriage in heaven. It is really the reality of this. Our marriage is to the to the to the we are the bride of Christ our marriage is to Christ we will have a preeminent singular relationship with Jesus that will supersede anything that we experience today so great question 303-690-3000 hello ed do you think pastors should drink um, i'm i'm thinking that you mean drink alcohol and my answer to that is very very easy Absolutely, unequivocally, no. I do not think pastors should drink any alcohol at all. And I wrote an article on this. So go to my website, edtaylor.org, edtaylor.org. And uh, I think I wrote, I think the the article is, is it a sin to drink? Um, But there is, there is, a reality of a higher level of responsibility to uh, pastors, in particular spiritual leaders, elders, and I love this. Uh, I love I love the this particular passage of scripture. Let me get it for you. 
in the Proverbs. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. Proverbs 31.4, it is not for kings. Excuse me. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink. <laughs> this is the worst time to get hiccups, by the way. <laughs> it's not for kings to drink wine, uh, not for princes intoxicating drink. I, I, I lay out my viewpoint of it. Uh, I make it very clear. I don't believe drinking is a sin. I'm not calling it a sin. I'm not rewriting the Bible. But I just think it's the wrong question. I don't think your question is the wrong question. Uh, you'll see in the article. Um, if anybody wants that article, email me. I'll just send you the link. Or you can text me on this text line. I'll send you the link, and I'll save you from looking it up. It's that important. You really need to determine this. Um, I, I don't. I don't think pastors should drink. And and I've got strong, compelling arguments. And don't come back with, well, I have freedom. Don't. Don't come back with that. That's such a lame argument for drinking. It's lame. It is weak. Uh, because you have freedom to do a lot of things you choose not to do to make yourself a better pastor. There's a lot of freedoms, so, you know, dumb things like like you have the freedom to rub uh, um, poison ivy all over your body, but you you know that's not wise, so you don't do it. And I, I mean, I make a strong case. I was I don't know what what happened that day, but I, I think um, I think I saw I think I don't know what happened. I was just like I got to put this in writing. Um, because I just need to write it down. I mean, that, that's kind of how I felt. I wanted to put it down. So email me, and uh, I'll send you the link. 303-690-3000. Uh, 303-690-3000. I think I have, let me see, a follow-up. If there's no marriage in heaven, then will we recognize our spouse? Yes. Yes, we will recognize our spouse. And I, I, don't, want, I don't want this to be offensive. It's kind of a funny answer to that. I think it was... I don't know, J. Vernon McGee or Charles Spurgeon just said, we will not be dumber in heaven than we are now. And what he meant by that is we're not going to have less knowledge. We're going to have more knowledge. And yes, we'll recognize our spouse, our family, and we will love them. Now, that's a, now you have a great question. You, you say, will we love them the way we love them here on earth? Um, that's an interesting question. Um, again, we're, we're speculating, right? Because the Bible doesn't say specifically, but... Um, there's going to be a sweetness that we don't currently experience uh, in heaven, a, a, a relationship untainted by sin. Um, and so whatever kind of love or appreciation or care we have for, for our brothers and sisters in heaven, it's going to be beautiful, and it's going to be wonderful, and it's going to surpass whatever we've experienced here right now. And I love my wife very much. Um, I don't love anyone on the planet more than my wife. And whatever uh, I experience in heaven is going to be even better than that, which is kind of neat to think about, isn't it? Uh, will we recognize our children on earth, in heaven? Yes. And will we love them? Uh, yes, I, it'll be the same answer. We're going to have um, a tremendous relationship with the people that we know uh, here on earth. And then we're going to meet new people too, right? Uh, in the eternal realm. We're going to meet people. We're going to meet Abraham and Isaac. We're going to meet Paul and Rahab and Mary. And we're going to meet all kinds of people. So it's just going to be amazing. It's going to be great. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, let's see. We have a phone. We're going to go to New Jersey. 
Diana on line one, welcome to the program. Hi, are you able to hear me? I am, yes. Okay. Uh, I do want to say first, I listen to your program all the time. Okay. Um, and I love it. What an honor. Huh? Yes, we're with oh, you. Oh, yes. Yes, so um, I just kind of had a prayer request. Of, I'm going through so much right now. Um, usually, I feel like, you know, God's writing to bless me with something new, but there's always the obstacles and the trials that come before it. Yes. Um, so the one thing that I really want prayer for right now, though, is my son. He, his name's Lucas. He's three years old, and he's had swollen tonsils for over a month okay. uh, to the point that I it's affecting his breathing and his sleep. Oh, wow. So... I've opted to go for um, having a tonsillectomy. Uh, It just seems like there's a delay in scheduling or something with the provider. So I just, you know, the more prayer, of course, the better. So I figured today I would give you guys a call. You bet. Let's pray. Father, I pray for Diana. I'm just reminded when I have the privilege of playing with a mom or a dad that every time a parent brought their kids to you, you blessed them and prayed for them. You thought of their best, God, and commended them uh, to their request, even bringing healing into their lives or even, um, uh, in some cases, raising kids from the dead um, because you love children and you love parents. And so I pray for Lucas and the challenges that he has with this surgery for his tonsils and how scared it is, scary it is for his breathing to be affected and his sleep to be affected and you know just everything that he's facing and And we know surgery is no small thing, even though it is routine. Uh, Nothing ever really is routine. So day by day, we trust you, and we commit our children to you. And we ask you, God, to bring about a healing in Lucas's life, whether it comes supernaturally or, or naturally through the wisdom of doctors. And so, God, open the door for the appointment, for the right timing, and everything that's needed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Call us back and let us know. Okay, I will. Thank you so much. 303-690-3000. Over to Mobile, Alabama. Arlene, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. My question is this. I was reading in Mark 11 about Jesus cursing the fig tree. And it said, uh, and on the morrow when they will come down from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came looking to find anything thereon. Yes. He came to it, and he found nothing but leaves. And for the time of figs was not yet. And then he goes on to say he cursed the fig tree. Yes. So... Uh, I know there's a lesson that he's teaching in this, but why was the fig tree cursed if it was not time for figs to appear? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. You know, uh, I think it's important that we realize that Jesus has nothing against fig trees, and he has nothing against that particular fig tree, uh, because that fig tree is symbolic. And Jesus, you know, he's on his way. um, he's, He's on his way. Uh, he's during the week of the crucifixion. He's spent three years ministering, and he's been rejected by the Jews. And one of the significances of the fig tree is it's representative of Israel. And so the cursing that comes is a revelation of Israel's rejection 
of Jesus and the judgment that's going to come upon the fig tree. And it was it's really a, a declaration and a demonstration for his disciples there to recognize that judgment is coming. And, you know, I think it's also symbolic uh, that the fig tree uh, at that time uh, was fruitless, and so was Israel. And, and so Jesus is declaring that they're going to reap what they sow uh, through this cursing. Okay, that's a, that's an aspect that I've never heard. But it had the leaves on it, which indicated what the fig tree what? had the leaves, the appearance of fruitfulness. Is that that's a great question? I I never really thought of it that deep, like breaking it down. I'm just kind of thinking out loud right now. Um, I wonder what the leaves. I bet you they represent something. Okay, that's a well, good question. Maybe an idea about uh, the. Is being a, a figure, not it's an application of a figure re- representing Israel. I never, yeah. knew, I never thought about applying it that way. So, well, I, I also think, but it's, it's I also think too, like you want to be careful. Like we could say, well, you know, leaves, uh, leaves. The first time leaves were mentioned were in the Garden of Eden, and you know, trying to make something that really doesn't exist. So. Um, you know that's why I pretty I pretty much stop with what I know or what I can, uh, instead of trying to figure out every little piece. Right. Yeah. Um, maybe going too deep in on something that's not really in that yeah. important, but just it was just a question that I've had. That's really good. Time. Thank you so much. You're welcome. God bless you, sister. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Coming back to Aurora, Colorado, we have Robert. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Ed. I appreciate you taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I'll try to condense this as much as I can. I, I deal with a lot of depression okay. in my life. Um, I'm certainly a believer. Um, I feel like spiritual warfare i'm just engaged in this battle of spiritual warfare and especially to specific sinful areas of my life and i just i'm just so disheartened i just feel like i'm i'm losing the battle here um and i you know my goal is to please god i, I want to do right by him and 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 right as a christian man i just you know i'm starting to question my um salvation you know was i ever saved why is it in this you know race that that's talked about in in hebrews you know, i just i keep falling i just yeah. i just keep falling and i get up and i repent uh-huh. and I move forward again and then the next day i fall again and it's just uh, you know i'm like was i ever saved why why is this so hard and yeah. i just I, i'm just really troubled by you know, I, I've heard you say many times, you know, the, the devil didn't make you do it. You did it. And I take responsibility, but it's just it, yeah. it's just really hard right now. Let's sort some things out because, you know, there's a few things happening. Sometimes when so many things are happening, they get all muddied up. Uh, and I like to sort things out one at a time um, to help so the Holy Spirit can bring clarity. So I, I think, first of all, unbelieving people don't think don't talk like you're talking right now right they don't care they don't care about sin they don't care about their behavior and that's an indication to me that you're speaking from a position of a relationship with god 
not one in rebellion against God. Is that would that be accurate? Definitely. I'm sorry. Did you you broke up? Yes, definitely. Is, that would be accurate. Okay, yep. so you have you have confessed your sins and you are born again. Yes. That, okay, so that's something you hold on to. That's foundational. Like that's what you build your house on, right? That that's the foundation of your life. And you can see now all the different behaviors and frustrations and dumb sin decisions and all of that is really causing you to doubt the the foundation of your life. And if you're you know, if the enemy can get our foundation, then we're jacked, man. We're it's over. Um and so you really want to establish in your mind and affirm on a daily basis that you know that you know that you're saved, number one. Number two, uh, there's a difference, and we want to be careful with the language. There's a difference between falling into sin or stumbling into sin and opening ourselves up to temptation and you know the attacks of the enemy. There's a difference between that category and willful sin. And you want to pay attention to that, Robert, because some of this stuff is everyday struggles. It might be past sin. It might be strongholds in your life, and, and you're fighting for your life in that area. But on the other side, you're just making bad decisions, willfully choosing sin. And you got to separate those two because you, you stop willfully sinning. Stop it. Like, you can. And then celebrate the victories. You know, instead of... As much as you're beating yourself up over the failures, it's important that you celebrate the victories too. You give God the glory for the victories. You acknowledge them and say them out loud, God, I thank you because I was tempted in this area and I didn't sin like I did all the other times and I want to give you the glory. And you start cultivating a worshipful habit and a worshipful heart for the victories, not not just focus on all the defeats, even though it feels like, you're overwhelmed by all your defeats. I, I'm i sure if we examine your life, you have way more victory than you have defeat. So that's another thing. And then let's talk about your depression for a second. I'm going to ask you a question and just say what comes to mind right away. Don't think too hard about this question, okay? Okay. This is directly related to your depression and discouragement. And don't don't try to overthink it because uh, it's, it's not intended to that. So here's the question. What are you angry about? I'm angry that I have temptations and feelings about things that God would not want me to have. And so who are you angry at? Myself. Okay, so I don't know if you knew this, but depression is often tied to, not always, but often tied to anger. There's two types, there's two ways we deal with anger. Uh, One is sinfully. Uh, one is outbursts of wrath where we punch holes in the wall and kick doors in and yell at people. And, and we all know angry people like that, right? Yes. But did you also know that the, the other way to handle anger is we internalize it? And internalized anger, another way of describing internalized anger is depression. It, it's very discouraging to handle these things we're frustrated about on our own when we are incapable Sometimes that anger is toward a person. Sometimes that anger is toward a situation. And a lot of the battle in your life right now is you just aren't believing properly. And I know it's not going to be a snap of the fingers that's going to change everything. 
but your beliefs are skewed. And because your beliefs are skewed, everybody's tempted. Are you mad that I'm temp- that I have temptations? No. Right. No, but I have this. I have, I don't probably don't have the same temptations you do, but I face temptations. So does your brother that you sit to next to at church. So does the sister in front of you, and and so you can see that you're overwhelmingly focused on yourself and your own temptations, and the way you've chosen to act on it is self-destructive, which is probably other areas of your life too. You know, there's probably other areas of your life where you're self-destructive, including the sin that you choose. Um, because it promises, you know, all the satisfaction and all it does is jack you up and make you more condemned, right? And then the Bible says uh, that there's no condemnation. So then you walk into the realm of, it's not even about your sin anymore. Now you're in the realm of condemnation and you're in the realm of uh, beating yourself up and in your realm of pity parties and who knows? I mean, it's just never ending. And the way out is through real godly repentance, and say, you know what, God, it's not even about me. It's not about my temptation. It's not about my sin. This whole thing, I'm all, it's all about you, God. I've sinned. Remember in Psalm 51, you know, pay attention to Psalm 51. Start to read it, memorize it, meditate on it. And you'll see David, the way out for David, he gives us the way out. And that is repentance against you and you alone I have sinned, David said, when he was writing toward God. Yeah. And in a right relationship with God, you'll begin to see right relationships with others. Um, but you, I would even suggest, and I'm not, I, like, I don't know, so you don't have to agree with me. I'm not suggesting you need to agree with me, but I bet you, you've been living in this cycle so long that it's just very comfortable for you. And it's very, excuse me, it's just normal for you. And I know you don't like it. I'm not saying you like it, but it's just a normal way of life. It's just the way my life, it's always going to be that way. So I might as well sin. And it's just so not what God has for you. Yeah. Can I, can I just ask one follow-up? Um, you bet. Uh, in terms of, you know, repenting it, and, and celebrating, you know, resistance to sin, it's yeah. okay. Well, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Great. I'm, I'm celebrating that. Oh, Friday I fell in the pothole again. Okay. And then it's like all the work for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday didn't mean anything. That's not true because they, it meant a lot. Um, it, those are independent. You, you are, you are, uh, mixing the days, um, a victory on Monday is still a victory and a victory on Tuesday is still a victory. Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, in my life, I, I haven't been drunk in 31 years, every day, every week, every month. And now in years, like there, there is a possibility for full deliverance in the sin you're struggling with. Like so, you, so let me give you another scenario. You celebrate on Monday the victory. You celebrate on Tuesday the victory. You celebrate on Thursday the, or Wednesday the victory, and then temptation comes on Thursday, and you're so celebrating that you say no to temptation, and now you have something to celebrate on Thursday. How about looking at it that way? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And 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 so yeah, failures. I mean, they we're we're talking on a radio show. We've been talking for five minutes. Like it's it. I want to be clear for everyone listening, and and I know you know this, Robert, but like this doesn't cover every aspect of the complexity and the challenges that you're facing. These are these are a high level answers. Like they're they're kind of what I like to do on the radio is I give these bucket answers, and what I mean by that is I'm giving you a bucket so that when you're reading the scriptures, like the bucket of your identity, 
uh, in Christ. You want to know that. And if I gave you a bucket, then when you read something in the scriptures, you put it in the bucket. And the identity of celebration, you put it in the bucket. And the identity, the, the truth of, hey, I had four days, I'm going to celebrate that. Five days I can resist temptation. And, and, and then day by day, the Holy Spirit's going to disciple you. And you're going to find that you're a different man. And, and the, the first day you resist temptation, you're a different man. You, you are walking in the newness of life. All right, you hear the music, buddy. I got to go. Bless you, brother. Oh, wow. Yeah, the battle is real, and the Lord is faithful. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, taking your calls and your questions. You're listening to the Grace FM radio network, the Radio by Grace network, and the program is broadcast live. If you're listening on the Hope FM or the Truth FM or Higher Rock Radio, you have this program one week delayed. Other stations as well. And I welcome everyone. Again, I want to encourage you. Uh, no gift is too small in supporting your local Christian radio. Uh, so please, the station you're listening to right now, support, support, support. Uh, the resources will be used in wonderful ways to pay the bills and to expand the ministry. People's lives are being saved all the time, all the time. I just got I mean, I get emails all the time. I, 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 um, I got one yesterday because we broadcast. So one of the way, one of the things uh, that um, one way Grace FM is used in uh, Colorado is we broadcast our services live so on the radio so people can come right into our sanctuary via radio. And I got this email last night from a sister that said, um, "I don't. I I I attend service remotely, uh, and I was listening to your message last night. So our Wednesday night Bible study, um, the Lord gave her victory uh, in her eating disorder disorder about because we were teaching about Sarah and the inward beauty that God requires, cultivating the inward beauty. And this was the sister was wrestling with this topic in her life." And she says, I can cultivate who I am in Christ, which was a quote from my message last night, without worrying about uh, the body. I have prayed tonight to my Savior, and I've received his forgiveness for living a lie. It has been such a strength drain trying to maintain a facade. And then she said, thank you for your dedication to the word and to your church. I'm blessed to have access to Grace FM and your services. This is That's one victory among many, you know, they say for every email or response you get, there's hundreds more that don't respond. Uh, and, and so, you know, if you support Grace FM financially, then that fruit is to your account as well. Um, so it's just really cool. We get, we get stuff all every day. It's, it's awesome. We're grateful. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to head over. Where are we? We are going to Pennsylvania. Victor, welcome to the program. Welcome to you, Pastor. 
Hey, Victor, what can I do for you? My question is the following. What is the difference between hell and the lake of fire? When okay. we read Revelation 20, verses 11 to 15, there we read that God is going to cast hell into the lake of fire. Yes. So I'm a little bit confused as the difference between hell and the lake of fire. Yeah, it's, you know, it's confusing because we use the word hell to describe everything for a Christless eternity. It's just something, I think, culturally that we do. So we refer to hell as all-encompassing when the Bible has distinctions of, of, of which you just made one. Uh, and whether it's hell or Hades, I think the biggest distinction that's important for you and I to understand is this. Hell is temporary. The lake of fire is eternal. Hell is a temporary judgment. It, it doesn't last forever because it is consumed. Hades is cast into the lake of fire. It's changed into the eternal form. Uh, you'll remember uh, in Jesus' teachings, he gave us the true story of, of Abraham's bosom, the rich man uh, and Lazarus. And he gave us the separation in that temporary place of torment in Abraham's bosom. He's describing the condition of Hades or hell. And now hell was, at the time of Jesus, before his death and resurrection, hell was two compartments. But after the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus liberated all those waiting uh, to be liberated on the righteous side in Abraham's bosom, which no longer exists. Paradise is in the presence of God now. And those that are in hell, separated from God in torment, it's going to even get worse for them as at the end of the age, hell and then death is going to be thrown into the lake of fire. Does that mean that the lake of fire will pretty much uh, extinguish their existence? There will be no more conscious suffering? No, there will be conscious suffering. Um, there is an eternal judgment, not a temporary judgment. So the location is temporary, kind of like our, kind of like you and me. We're going to continue as soon as we die physically. We're not going to die spiritually. We're going to continue to live, but we have temporary existence on the earth. Uh, and so after we die, we don't cease to exist. We continue to live eternally in one of two places. And in a very similar way, when we talk of temporary, when we speak of how being temporary, we're not speaking of the judgment or the life, the eternality being temporary, but only the location. I see. Thank you. You're welcome. That's a great question. Thanks for calling, my brother. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 from Pennsylvania to Texas. Brad, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. Hi. I uh, have a question about the origin of demons. Uh, okay. It's commonly accepted that demons are fallen angels, but it yes. doesn't seem that angels have bodies and demons are looking for a body to possess. So that doesn't seem to make sense. So uh, I was just wondering what your thoughts on this are. And I've heard it said, too, that people think that demons could be the dead offspring of the Nephilim, mentioned in the Old yeah. Testament. It's quite, well, yeah, no biblical evidence for that. Right. So I, yeah, I think that we, we want to be careful uh, with a question like this, right? Because uh, it can lead to all sorts of 
you know, the idea of offerings from the Nephilim or whatever. It's just such a weak argument. Arguments from silence are always the weakest, right? Because then we can make up whatever we want. Um, but we do know uh, from Scripture that there is a category of creation that is known as the angelic realm. We do not read of a category of creation being the demonic realm, distinct from. We don't read about a class of of creation. We see a creation, a realm of creation in the human realm. We see God creating in the animal realm. We see God creating in the angelic realm, and we know that Satan himself was once an angel called Lucifer. And in his rebellion was expelled from heaven, according to Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. And in that expelling, the devil himself, the king of demons, who was an angel, that's a biblical fact, um, one-third of the angels followed him, and they also became little devils, which we refer to as the demonic realm. Uh, and they joined him, one-third of the angels rejoined his rebellion and they too now are what we would call fallen angels. We also sometimes refer to them as demons. So there's not a separate class of creation in the scriptures that is distinct. Like you don't see God created the angels, God created the demons. No, we just see God created the angels. There's no, no, there's no biblical instruction whatsoever to look for a different class. And then when we work backwards and see that the, that the, the, the archetype of the demonic realm is the devil himself, who himself was an angel, it's very easy to conclude that the fallen angels are the demons. So do you think the devil could actually possess a person's body? Will he do that? To yes. The Antichrist, the Antichrist has yes. to be possessed by the devil himself, do you think? The Antichrist will be possessed by the devil, yes. And yes, I do believe in demonic possession of unbelievers, yes. Yeah, unbelievers. All right, Pastor, I really appreciate your time. You're a beautiful man. Well, I mean, I think your question, too, is a really good one. You made The way you made distinctions and then you, you know, the, the, the way that you pulled in that theory, you know, and again, there's a lot of theories, a lot of thoughts out there. But what you did was right, and I, you know, I know those listening in get to learn. We've got to take those things, and we've got to, okay, then now what does the mirror of God's Word say? And then when the Bible doesn't say something specifically, although in this one it does, we then have to work backwards from what it does say instead of starting with the theory. So you did the right thing. Thank you. I like the way you logically explain it going backwards. Yes. All right. I, That's I good. I mean, thank you for the time. Bless you, my brother. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. And that really, I can tell you that what, what helped my thinking over the years is studying under Norman Geisler. Um, I just so appreciate him. I've mentioned this before, um, but there, the Norm Geisler has a book. Um, I think they changed the title of it. So let me see if I can find the title because I think they've reprinted it. Um, it. It used to be called When Critics Ask... Uh, and there is a bunch of, there are a bunch of, of old ones, but they're so expensive. The, the reprint is the big book of Bible difficulties, the big book of Bible difficulties, Norm Geisler. Uh, it's an essential and I've read it. It's a huge book. It's super thick. And I've read it page for page 
back when I was a new believer when it came out. I read every single page. And then I refer to it all the time. <clears throat> and I and it's the kind of book that doesn't just give you the answers, but he also helps you learn how to think. And a lot of my mind operates under the teaching of Norm Geisler. Never even uh well, I, I could say I did meet him after a service once at Downey, but like I didn't know him personally. It would have been cool to study with him, um, for sure. Uh, but wherever you get books, it's called The Big Book of Bible Difficulties. And we're going to have to get, I, I don't know if we stock it in our bookstore, but we're going to get the new version uh, because we need to, this is an essential. And uh, Big Book Bible Difficulties, Norm Geisler. You spell his name G-I, uh, excuse me, G-E-I-S-L-E-R, Geisler. 303-690-3000. Text me, 720-336. Excuse me. I came back from my trip a little under the weather. It's very frustrating. 303-690-3000. is the text line. Ed, thank you for your being a teacher, growing in my faith, because your teachings, you're welcome. Grateful to be used. Uh, what's my view on the TV show and app, The Chosen? Have you ever watched it? Yes, I have watched it. And you probably will not like my answer. I don't like it. Now, I'm not saying that that you have to stay away from it. That's not what I mean. Sometimes I don't like things and I go, stay away from it. I, I'm not saying stay away from it. Um, but I can tell you personally, I don't like it because I don't like all of, what do they call it? My Marie and I were talking about this uh, Liberties. What do they call the liberties uh, when when they're making a movie? Um, artistic license. Thank you, Kevin. I don't like the artistic license. I don't like them putting words in Jesus' mouth. I don't. I don't like it. It, it whether it's just uncomfortable for me or like I don't. I don't think he would say that. It doesn't reflect. Like I. I just. I don't like it. So I, I watched two episodes with my wife and I stopped watching it. I don't like it. Um. And it's very similar. It was a magazine uh, that wanted to interview me uh, not too long ago uh, about a conference we put on here. We call it Refresh. You guys should come to it. It's in October. First week of October, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you should come to Refresh. Uh, it is open for all ministry leaders, uh, anyone that serves. It's just a time of encouragement. It's the conference that's not a conference. Heavy on worship. All the speakers have been announced. New Life Worship from Colorado Springs is coming up. Uh it's it's amazing. Go to our website, calvaryco.church slash refresh. Calvaryco.church. CO stands for Colorado. Dot church slash um, refresh. We've been doing this many years now. You got to come. It's just you got to come. I don't know. what Fly out here. It's worth it. We've got people coming in. We have the largest amount of people registered already, and it's still a month away. So come on out. There's room for you. The In-N-Out truck's going to be here. I mean, what we'll bring In-N-Out to you. How's that? Okay, so they were going to interview me and go back to The Chosen. And the person that was interviewing me never got a hold of me, like never called me. They, we were texting back and forth, trying to do with my schedule. never. And then all of a sudden, I got an article in my inbox to, to proof. And there are quotes from me in it. And they never talked to me. And the quote in it is not what I would have said. 
Now, maybe I said it in a Bible study somewhere or in a different context, but I would have never described the event the way that that quote was. And I'd be like, no, no way. Don't even print this. I don't want to be a part of any article or magazine that's going to make things up or create things when you never even spoke to me. So you realize it's kind of where I sit. Like, I don't like the chosen. It's only a personal thing. I I, I didn't watch enough to say stay away from it forever. I, I'm not saying that, but I just don't like it. And, uh, you know, I don't watch it. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions this afternoon. Text me, 720-336-0897. We're going to come back to Colorado now. Sue is in Elizabeth. Welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. You're welcome. Um Um, My husband passed away unexpectedly about six weeks ago, and um, we have a lot. We were looking forward to a lot of fun things. My daughter's getting married. His first daughter is um, going to have a baby in December. And when people um, talk to me about it uh, or in their way of comforting, one of the things they always say is that um, he'll be there with me. He'll he's watching over me. He is a Christian. We're both Christians. Yes. Um, And that. He can, you know, he'll be there yeah. in spirit. Or is that something? It does it. I don't. I've never read anything in the Bible that actually states that, you know, from heaven, he can look down on what we're doing. I, I know that Jesus can and God can, but I, I don't know that um, the souls can. Yeah. Well, first of all, um, I'm very sorry, Sue, for your loss. Thanks. What's your husband's name? John. John, and how long were you guys married? 17 years. 17 years. How'd you meet him? Um, Grace Chapel. Um, we were at a divorce care class. <laughs> okay. And uh, was it one of those things where you saw him across the room, or how, how did that work? Pretty much. Yeah. We, I saw him across the room, and I did uh-huh. my best to stay away from him. And <laughs> um, yeah, because <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, this is not the time. And uh-huh. But we kept seeing each other um, in church. Um, yes. And then there was a singles Bible study that we both uh, happened to go to, things like that. So, yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah. Seventeen yeah. years is uh, is beautiful to share with someone. I'm glad you got that. Yeah, I am too. Thanks. Would you Would you be open for me sending you a gift? I have a book that I wrote that I think would really encourage you during this time. Would Would you like to receive one of those? Um, sure. Okay, sure. so thank you. A- after the call, we'll put you on hold, and Kevin will get your info, and my assistant will send it out to you. Thank you. So to your question now, um, I don't believe the Bible teaches that your husband will be at the wedding or be there in any kind of physical realm, uh, as some people like to describe it. You know, I don't believe, and as as you have learned, many people have many things to say in order to try to comfort the grieving and try to bring encouragement, but they're not always true. You know, like, for example, some people go, oh, I'm so sorry your child was taken and now he becomes another angel. Um, That doesn't happen. People that pass away continue to be human. Uh, They continue to be the individual that they are and they live eternally either with Christ or without Christ. And I believe that your husband is in the presence of the Lord. He's enjoying eternity with you and he will be a very big part of the ceremony. Uh, You guys may even put a picture out. I've seen that at ceremonies that I've done that um, there are missing grandparents and parents that they create a little table with pictures. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. 
Um, And, you know, he'll be all over that wedding. He'll be in everyone's hearts and minds and memories. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm sure that, is it your son or daughter getting married? Um, This is my daughter. Your daughter. But he probably had a big 17-year influence in her life, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yes, he did. Oh, yeah. And so she's going to think of him. It's going to be, you know, she'll think of him from the moment uh, she walks down as he won't be the one giving her away. Um, Mm -hmm. However, in those ways he'll be there, but he won't physically be there. He won't spiritually be there. Um, And there is even debate. People people not argue, but they disagree on whether those that have passed can see what's going on on earth. I, I, I tend to believe they don't. Um, It just seems like it would be one big grief. Like, can you imagine how they would feel if they saw our sleepless nights or our anger? Like it just, I don't, I, I think that they're in a new existence and that they're always a part of our lives. They will never be forgotten. They will never go away. And one day we have hope. It brings hope to our hearts that they can't, like David said, they can't come back to us, but we will go to them. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought, especially um, since I lost him praying about it and um, asking God about it and just being like, you know, just, yeah, just being in prayer over it and just grieving it. And I've just been like, no, I know he'll be there because I'll be thinking of him and I'll want him there and the kids will want him there and everything, but he, Okay. And then um, it, another thing that people always say is, oh, he'll be waiting for you when you go to heaven. Yeah. Do you go? I mean, I don't remember seeing that either, that when you could die and go up to heaven, that people you knew on earth are waiting for you. That would be wonderful. But I don't know that that's true either. Yeah. You know, we're not really given the insight on exactly the timing yeah. or chronology or, you know, where we go exactly or you know, because we kind of make to me that's it's kind of a neat thing. Sometimes even when I'm teaching, I'm like, well, you know, if there are lines for Moses or lines for Abraham, so we all wait to talk to him. You know, we'll get in that line. So we kind of have these pictures trying to compare heaven with what we personally experience now. Um, I do think we'll know our loved ones. I do think there'll be a connection with them. Uh, I do think that um, although when you and I pass away we may connect each with each other because we, we are on the radio and we have a connection through Bible study, but it won't in any way be the same as the connection to my son. Um, so I do believe there'll be distinction still. There'll be connection still, but the, it's going to be in the context of a completely new experience, living with Christ as the central focus of our life, untainted by sin. And I just don't think... To some degree, the things that are important to us here on earth are going to be as important as they are are, are to us in heaven. Kind of what I have thought too, um, because then you'd be carrying all that baggage, and that's not the that's not what he wants. We're supposed to be praising him in tears or no more tears, no more sorrow, right. just joy and um, just peace. And um, so that's that's yeah. what um, I kind of thought too. Um, but it's nice to know that I'll at least um, know that if I don't, you know, if I'm like, oh, you were mine, I, it'll be nice to know that, oh, yeah, I know you. <laughs> like, I yes, I do believe that's something. it. I do believe there's going to be, um, we're not going to lose information uh, when we die. We're going to gain information. So we're we're going to mm-hmm. know more in heaven, not less. Okay, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. 
thank you very much. I really appreciate your time. Um, You're I, welcome, Sue. I, I, I listen to you all the time, and I really enjoy your show and your um, taking calls and stuff. It's an honor. You're, you're a great uh, pastor. Thank you. Can I pray for you, Sue? Oh, that would be wonderful. And your daughter who's getting married, what's her name? Her name is Shelley. Father, I do pray for Sue as she um, grieves the loss of her husband, thinking back on 17 wonderful years of marriage and just how gracious you were to them after divorce and pain and hurt, bringing them together and connecting them, God. But now Sue carries on as a widow, and I pray that you would comfort her, even as she anticipates such a high and holy day uh, with Shelley getting married. And yes, it'll be bittersweet. It'll be so wonderful and sweet as a new relationship's formed and a new family's formed, but there would be some um, you know, sadness there and sorrow. Um, and I just pray for comfort ahead of time, for encouragement, and that, again, as we learn how to move forward in our newness of life without our loved ones here, having to face death. I hate death. It's such an enemy. Um, and yet, Lord, like you, we face it eye to eye and remember that you triumphed over death. And we have the hope of the resurrection. And we look forward to being reunited with our loved ones. And the older we get, the more of our loved ones are in heaven. So where our hearts, where our treasure is, heaven, that's where our heart's going to be. So I'm grateful for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, let Kevin get your info, Sue. Okay, thank All you, right. sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, you know, um, I write a lot about grief, um, especially I, I wrote an article on my website, edtaylor.org, edtaylor.org, on what to say to a grieving person, what not to say. And I please read it. I think it'll help you so much be more effective with the love of Christ in people's lives that, uh, you know, we want to say the right things. And we don't always know what to say. It's very awkward, very difficult. Like we don't want to hurt feelings and you know, you don't want to, if I bring it up, then maybe I'll make them sad or oh, it's, it's just very awkward. Um, uh, C.S. Lewis even mentions that, you know, he said people would avoid him. They would cross the street when they saw him after the death of his wife because they just don't want to deal with it. And um, it's, it's normal, um, but it's hard. So go to my website, edtaylor.org, and then you can just search for articles under grief, under the tag of grief, and there's quite a few of them. I don't write so much on grief anymore. I think I wrote a lot in the beginning, um, just helping people in the heart of it. But I write on ministry, leadership, church life, and grief, edtaylor.org, edtaylor.org. Do not go to edtaylor.com. A professional Santa Claus owns that, and you don't want that's not me. You might go there and go, man, that is not what I thought he looked like. He looks like Santa Claus. That's not me. Uh, my my website is .org, ed, E-D-T-A-Y-L-O-R.org. And I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to pray for you. Um, I'm going to be sending Sue a gift. I wrote a book called God's Help for the Troubled Heart. It was inspired by the death of my son, you know, after the death of my son and all the difficult, dramatic things surrounding uh, the death of my son, I stepped out of the pulpit and never really thought I'd return. The grief was so heavy for me, but it was also so heavy for my wife, and it was also so heavy for my son, my other son, my daughter, 
uh, for the people that allowed me, I got to experience like the people that allowed me into their life. I got to see that many people did not let me into their, some people let, did not let me into their life. So I don't know how they grieved, but I do know how my family grieved. And eventually the Lord said, no, you need to go back. You can't quit. You can't run away. Can't go back to California. Can't go back to the corporate world. Can't go back to school. All of it. I, I had so many thoughts of running away. And after and God said, no, don't run away, go back. And I did go back and uh, taught and I was kind of, you know, just going through it and uh, sad all the time. I'd break down crying in the pulpit and on and on. And eventually after about a year or so, I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, Ed, you need to release this church from your grief. And I knew exactly what he meant. The whole church got so sad. So many people left the church um, and I don't blame them. Like it just got sad. It was so solemn and so hard. So many people didn't leave, and I love them so much for sticking it out. We all stuck it out together, you know. Uh, that's what church families do, and and um, and the and and the only way I felt like like uh, to obey that was to teach a series of Bible studies to release us all from grief, you know, for at least from the heaviness. And I taught this series. We titled it "God's Help for the Troubled Heart." My assistant at the time, Cassandra, said, "Hey, we need to make that a book," and I said, "Well, go for it." And she did a lot of the legwork in editing those studies, and we got this uh, person that edits and on and on. So at any rate, all that to say, God's help for the troubled heart. It's available on our website, calvaryco.store. Support missions, buy some copies, give them away as gifts, and I know the Lord will use it. All the proceeds go to missions. I don't get the proceeds, and I know the Lord will encourage you. Love you guys. Thank you for allowing me to be a very small part of the very big work of God in your life. See you this weekend at Calvary Church. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.